We're uh, a week or so into our 20 days of prayer and fasting for 2020, praying about some 2020 goals. If you haven't yet picked up one of these uh, prayer brochures, grab one or come tonight. We're meeting here to worship and pray tonight as well. Um, a lot of what we're teaching is leaning into these. They're not actually our 2020 goals. They're, they're kingdom goals for disciples of the kingdom of the king. Uh, Jesus. Uh, just a few thoughts for a few minutes before we break bread from Matthew chapter 9, the last few um, verses, 35, probably even just through to, to the end. Chapter 9 is an extraordinary chapter. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. He calls some disciples to him. He teaches on fasting. He raises a dead girl. He heals a woman who's been bleeding for years and is under shame and condemnation. He heals, a, he heals two blind men uh, and a man who can't speak. It, it seems from Matthew's summary through chapter 9, most of those last few miracles, uh, it, it seems like one breathless, crazy, incredible day in the life of Jesus. The narrative says, as he went from there, as he left there, when he arrived here, as he was saying this, bang, 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 miracle, miracle, miracle. You think, what an incredible day this is. And then we get to a summary statement at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 9 that kind of takes all of that and says, oh yeah, if you thought that was a good day in the life of Jesus, here's a summary that just shows you the acceleration and the spread of the kingdom. I'll pick up at verse 35. Jesus went, are you, are you there with me? You got it? Yeah. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Can I hear you say every? Well done. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, we want to thank you. Lord, thank you for last Sunday. So many walking out from here, having responded to say, yeah, we want to carry an impartation of the life and the hope of Jesus. Lord, would you help us to continue to live in that as you fill us with your spirit. We thank you for every courageous a loving step that's been taken this week to speak with a neighbor or a colleague or to pray. Lord, whether we've prayed in person with someone or whether we've prayed in private, Lord, you've heard it all. Lord, you know what you're doing in our hearts. You know what's been sown. You know what's going to grow. And we just commit it to you now. Lord, you know the, you know every name that's on that, that little spreadsheet that we can fill in, Lord. Uh, and uh, each one means so much to you. You love them so much. Uh, you love them so deeply. And Lord, we just pray you would help us Again today, just give us hope that we might live in this kind of world of Jesus, whereby we might find this being our new kind of normal, Lord, living with these beautiful kingdom promises, uh, doing great things through our ordinary lives because we have a great God. We do ask you just to come and help us now as we respond to these scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, Jesus went out. If I had a title for these, these few thoughts, it would be Go, See and Be. Go, see, and be. The kingdom of God requires us to push out. We cannot just stay as we are, where we are. We were saying that last week as we uh, talked briefly through Isaiah 54. It says here, Jesus went to all through all the towns and villages. That means, I think, he went to all of them. Or even if it's a bit of, of, uh, of gospel hyperbole, it means he went to 
most of them, I would imagine. Jesus went through all of them. Um, and uh, this kingdom requires sent people that follow in Jesus' footsteps. Church, quite simply, we cannot just stay here. And we thank God that we're not just here. We were praying on Thursday night as Richard and Rachel led us through a church planting uh, prayer session. Just recognizing, hey, we're, we're so grateful to God. We're not a church that are stuck in the church building. But as we look around here, we have men and women that already are embedded, living, working, serving God in every part of the town. We're already right across the town. Uh, we're already uh, in our leisure, in our work, in our schooling. Believers are present. Our question from the scriptures is, are we going to live in those present places, places like Jesus would do? Are we going to gather in here but scatter out there carrying his presence? When you read through chapter 9, I just gave you the briefest of summaries. It seems like the presence of Jesus just spills out in the normal, everyday parts of life. Oh, Boy, we're praying that it happens in here too. That's why we make room to, you know, we highly prioritize our Sunday morning so we can grow, meet with Jesus, worship him, pray for one another, see miracles. But so much of the miracle work of Jesus and his disciples that followed were when they were going from place to place. We need both, gathered and scattered. Um, later on, we see the disciples looking and sounding just like Jesus. Uh, Acts chapter 3, isn't it? When Peter and John were going up, they were walking up towards the temple gates. It's like you and I were just walking to church. They were going to pray and they saw a man who they walked past every day, uh, but they saw him with their spiritual eyes open and he said, I'm begging for money. They said, you know this story, perhaps I don't have any silver or gold to give you, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And it says immediately strength came to the man's feet and ankles and he followed them walking, leaping, praising God into the temple. Wouldn't you like a walk to church like that? Hey, Maybe we should stop driving to church and just walk a bit slower. That, that's what happens when we get like Jesus in Matthew 9, full of the same Holy Spirit, beginning to see and do what he is seeing and doing. Just in our ordinary lives, while we were on the way, while I was going to work, while I was walking to school, while I was waiting at the bus stop. This week I was praying in here and I came back out to go into the office that Joe and I share. I looked through the window and Joe's got his hand on someone who's kneeling down on our rug and Joe's praying for him. Uh, so I thought, I'll stay out of the office for a minute. A few minutes later, the guy left and walked out. I said, Joe, what was all that about? He said, oh, the guy came in just to ask uh, about bookings at the community center that we run here. Uh, and we ended up talking. Joe took a little step of courage, asked if he could pray for him. The guy said, I've got a bad knee. Joe prayed for him for healing. The guy went down on his knees. Uh, and uh, the presence of Jesus was very evident. While I'm making a booking at a community center, Jesus is present. Hey, what does your life look like? You may not work here, but you're in all kinds of places around the town. Let's be more Claire. More importantly, let's be more Jesus uh, as we go about our business. And it starts, uh, Hannah brought a great word, Hannah Blackburn, last Sunday that's really been stirring us through this first of the weeks of, of prayer. It starts as we're on our way. It starts with what we see through our eyes. Verse 36 of Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. I've been really challenged this week as I've been praying. What, what am I looking at? Who am I looking at? Are my spiritual eyes open as I walk through the world? Sometimes we can be so self-obsessed. We're very aware of our own issues and our own problems and our own challenges. And they, they are really important to God. He knows about them. He cares about them. Whatever you're going through today, the Lord Jesus knows. And he has a solution and he wants to work in your life. But he also wants our heads up and our eyes open for others that are 
around us. Perhaps some of us have stopped noticing. If, if there's one fruit from this 2020 uh, uh, vision through the year, it's that by the end of the year, we might have a church full of people who walk around with our spiritual eyes open. Because I believe when we do that, the kinds of things that were triggered in Jesus get triggered in and around our lives as well. Why don't you just sit in a cafe this week for a few minutes and pray quietly under your breath. Holy Spirit, just show me about people's lives here. Why don't you prayer walk your neighborhood? Many of our small groups and families and friends are going to walk around the town. We want to pray every neighborhood of Crawley this week. Why don't you just pray around your streets, your neighborhood, and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Open my eyes to the people that I walk past every day and don't even notice what you're wanting to do and say. If, I think if we do that, we see the same stuff that Jesus saw here in Matthew 9. We see broken lives. We see hungry people. What did Jesus see as he opened his eyes? He saw every disease and sickness. Verse 35, verse 36, he saw people harassed and helpless. We'll see the same. Loads of people around us under pressure. The enemy's been stealing their joy. He harasses them like a wolf amongst the sheep. He won't let you settle in your life. He will wear you down until you drop. There are so many like that. So many that have no peace in their life. Such prevalence of mental health struggles, anxieties, fears. Hey, the world around us is harassed and helpless. And yet Jesus says, will we open our eyes? What else do we see? We see people are like sheep without a shepherd in verse 36. People are living their lives all around us with no direction, no purpose, no idea how to live, no primary voice or call that they listen to, just pulled this way and that, or running after all kinds of things in the world that promise satisfaction and joy and life. But in the end, the Bible says they're idols because there's one good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who's, who, whom our ears are designed to tune into the voice of. So what happens as we look? And as we look, we see these things. Well, I, I believe we get the same response by the Holy Spirit as Jesus did. When he saw the crowds, verse 36, look at it with me. He had what? Go on, say it more loudly. It's okay. I know it's a gentle word, but it's a strong word. He had compassion on them. He had compassion, a focused compassion. Can you imagine some of these stories where Jesus or the disciples, I love it where the disciples in the Acts 3 story I paraphrased a few minutes ago, they looked at the man who, who'd been disabled since birth. They looked at him. Can you imagine in that moment that focused compassion of Jesus? It's not just general, hey, we love compassion. It's a good thing. Um, but, but when the compassion of Jesus, when the eyes of Jesus look at someone who doesn't know Jesus, I, I, boy, do they sense his presence even if they don't quite know what's happening. So many times we pray with people who are not yet followers of, uh, of Jesus and we just begin to let them know Jesus loves you. Hey, thank you for sharing that situation. Jesus cares about that. Can I pray with you? It's like the focused compassion of Jesus gets into their spirit. That's what we're to do. We're to bring hope in the world in that way. When he saw them, he had compassion. And it's compassion, uh, loving kindness um, in our spirits that motivates us. Our 2020 goals are not motivated by wanting a bigger church or social media glory amongst the churches or even, hey, because uh, my wife's a complete finisher, let's get the job done. We've got some goals, let's tick them off by the end of the year. Hey, all those things are good in one sense, uh, or that last one is at least, but we're not motivated by that. We're motivated by the compassion of Jesus Christ for helpless, harassed lost, broken people who don't yet know Jesus. So many of Jesus' healing miracles start, if you read through the Gospels, with he had compassion on them. 
Sometimes I think we're starting in the wrong place. We're starting with the wrong motivation. Jesus looked. Jesus had compassion. The power of God began to be triggered through him. Yeah, Matthew 14, 14, the feeding of the 5,000. It starts with Jesus looking at the crowds. He had compassion on them. It says he healed all their sick. That's what the compassion of Jesus does. Matthew 15, the same with the feeding of the 4,000. It says it starts with his compassion as he looked at the crowds who were hungry. That compassion provoked a provision miracle where 4,000 men plus women and children were fed that day. Luke 15, 29, the, the beautiful story Jesus tells of the prodigal son. It says the father was filled with compassion as he sees his wayward son far off. Returning, That compassion triggers the father to throw off every restraint and to run towards his boy, whatever mess and sin he's in, and sweep him up in his feet. That's a beautiful picture of what focused compassion does for your friends and mine as we look with our eyes open and begin to minister the love of the father to them. Compassion is not something that we own as Christians. There's some amazing compassionate works, charities, people around the town uh, that do amazing things. We want to partner with as many of them as we can because they're doing good. And in some way, they're demonstrating that men and women are made in the image of God. And therefore, compassion flows out of good people. That's okay. We can celebrate that. We don't have to own all the compassion ourselves. But we ought to at least, as followers of Jesus... Be active and growing in our compassion as disciples who have the heart of God being shaped in us. Did I hear an agreement there? I did. Okay, that's good news. Well done. Wow. So we know, we recognize that Jesus has compassion for lost and broken people today. If you're here feeling lost and broken, hey, Jesus has got compassion for you today. It's focused on your life today. He's not confused by the crowds. He's able to see the individuals uh, as well. May this compassion compel us, propel us, carrying this primary motivation of love from Jesus for lost people. May it take us out into our worlds, the places where God has scattered us, releasing the kingdom of Jesus. And so we see in this, this summary, Jesus went with compassion. He was touching, healing, and teaching, and restoring. We, there are all kinds of complicated ways of trying to do church these days, but we are still kingdom people. We are simply told to speak about Jesus, to teach about Jesus, to preach about Jesus, to keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Our mandate hasn't changed from the pages of the New Testament. We just get to preach the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom through all our weaknesses and fears and imperfections. Like Claire saying, I thought, oh, maybe I could actually pray in this moment. And, and in some way, there's a demonstration of the kingdom of God at work. That's you and me. Friends, I was walking into town uh, this week with some friends. Uh, we were talking about church planting in Morocco, uh, of all things, and, and, and what a difficult, closed-up place it is because of the Islamic culture. And, and as we were walking and talking, I literally felt a pull uh, to my right. Uh, no one was pulling me. I, I think it's because I've been praying, Lord, would you give me your eyes? Uh, and funnily enough, he answers those prayers. And I, I felt a pull, and my friends carried on walking and talking. And I looked to the right, and there's a lady sat outside a barber's. And, and I just felt... I, I've got to pray with her. So I said, oh, hi there. I'm with some friends who are Christians, followers of Jesus in town today. Is there something that I can pray for for you or something going on in your family right now? And, and she 
looked a bit nervous and, and gestured that she didn't speak any English. I tried to speak to her in French. Um, she gestured that she didn't understand my crazy French either. Uh, and at that moment, her adult daughter came out of the barbers, obviously slightly concerned about her mother. Uh, and uh, I said, is this your mum? She said, yeah, she doesn't speak any English. I said, oh, I, I, and at that moment, I had a moment of courage. I thought I can either say, oh, never mind, have a nice day. But I just explained to the daughter as well. I said, oh, we're here in town today, just asking, is there something we can pray for you or your mum, something going on in your family right now? Um, and she said, oh, yeah, my mum doesn't speak English. We're Moroccan. I said, oh, wow, for me, that was a beautiful little sign, having just been talking about Morocco. Uh, so I, I said, oh, please, what's going on in your life that we could ask Jesus to just to uh, show his love for you in? And she said, oh, my, my friend committed suicide two days ago and uh, left two small children behind, and I'm heartbroken. So I said, please, can we pray for you? She said, yes, please. So there in the street, I prayed for her and her mom and just asked Jesus to bring comfort Jesus to, to come and bless the helpless, the harassed, the sheep without a shepherd. It's a beautiful moment, but it comes just by being alert enough to allow the compassion of Jesus. You can do that in your ordinary life, just as I can in mine as well. We, we just allow the kingdom to lead us. When Jesus encounters the harassed and the helpless, he's the comfort. When he finds the lost sheep running around, sheep running around, he's, he's the good shepherd. He leads them to safety and comfort. Our commission is the same, going just with a simple message of Jesus Christ. John Wesley, I love the John Wesley stories. Um, 1740s onward, John Wesley led a, was one of those that led a revival in, in England and, and Scotland, Ireland, Wales and beyond. And... Uh, uh, through his lifetime, through his preaching on the streets, founded the, the Methodist churches uh, that we still have today. Wesley said this, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. That's like a pastor or people who aren't qualified to be pastors. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon the earth. That's what Wesley said. Give me a hundred preachers, ordinary men and women who will preach with their lives, will shake the gates of hell, will set up the kingdom of heaven. In these weeks of prayer so far, I've been praying and realizing, God, you, you've given us over 200 preachers of the kingdom, our men, our women, our boys, our girls, our teenagers. I've just been imagining, Lord, what does that look like? I've just ima been imagining this week, Lord, what does it look like for each one of us? To have the privilege of sharing Jesus with someone this year. What does it look like for hope to rise in me that I might have the privilege of leading someone to Jesus this year? Wouldn't that be amazing? Never mind Wesley's 100 preachers. We'd have 200 plus. We'd see the town changed. Even as I'm saying that, who's, who's God putting in your mind right now? Just, just pray for them quietly in your, in your hearts. Just imagine your street now. Just imagine as Joe's going to be doing, maybe in your home, just, hey, I've got a couple of neighbours around. We're going to switch on my 60-inch my telly, and instead of watching sport, I'm going to invite my neighbours to watch the Alpha YouTube Holy Spirit movies. And Oh, boy. Just imagine that in your home, on your sofa, with your friends. Lord, would you just connect our lives and your message with our community as we look with compassion and minister with your love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've got lots more to say, but I think I'd like to move perhaps... Ah, oh, this will come out through the rest of the year, I'm sure. We want to move to communion and to praying for one another. You know, I've preached loads of sermons like this. I preach them to myself. 
Um, we usually think when you hear a message like this, I, I need something more, I'm not ready. I think we were saying last week, you, you don't need to wait for anything more. You really don't need another sermon on this. We, we just need to get filled with the compassion of Jesus and go, don't we? we? need to get our heads up. The Holy Spirit's still being poured out and, and he wants to work through us. We're able to go and touch the town and touch the hurting world around us. Let's just finish perhaps with those Words in verse 37, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. There's no lack of harvest, church. The struggle, as always, is with those who are willing to go and take part in harvesting. Um, you're not here by chance. You may think you just turned up this morning. Maybe you just came here because your family moved here. Or you came from another country to get a job. Jesus has called you here with a unique kingdom assignment to work in this harvest field for the time that he's put you here. And then he'll send you somewhere else to do the same. We're already here. We're spread all over the town. Jesus, what are you wanting to do and say? John 4.35, Jesus rebukes his disciples in, in this way of thinking. He says to them, don't say four months more and then the harvest. The harvest is ripe now. And we get to look around now. This is, this is not a natural harvest where in the UK we just get our harvest in the autumn time, don't we? Uh, August, September, uh, the, the harvest comes in. Jesus says to his disciples, hey, don't, don't say it's only once a year. This is a supernatural harvest. In the kingdom, there are always people whose hearts are open, whose hearts are ripe. Um, and if, if we're filled with this compassion and open our eyes to have the eyes of Jesus, there will always be people around us that are ready to receive Jesus. Disciples, you're not the ones that get to decide whose life is ripe and whose life is ready. We don't get to make the judgments on that. We don't get to make someone respond or to decide who's far away or who's near. We, we just get to do what Jesus declares, to go and to work in the harvest field. He takes care of the rest. We may not feel ready, but we're saying in this year 2020, here we are, Lord, with all our weakness, all our fears. Oh, man, years of disappointments and getting it wrong and messing up and two steps forward and one step back. But here I am, Lord, send me into this harvest field, believing that it's ripe all year round. It's a phrase uh, we're praying earlier in the year. I think it came out of the, the Alan Scott Scattered Servants book. It says uh, we can't get all of our city into the church. I think Joe was praying earlier, 120,000 or so. We're not going to get them all in here, but we can get all of our church into the city. You and I, full of the Holy Spirit, with the compassion of Jesus. Go, see, be, do, live the kingdom. Wow. So what about us? Why don't you stand with me for a moment? Joe, guys, can you come back and help us? My home, my streets, my workplace, my friends. We've been thinking about that this morning. In the prayer brochures, there's just a space for identifying some of the people that we're most in connection with, just to write down some names, to pray for them. I think I said last Sunday, I've got my alarm going off at 1.40 every afternoon so I can just stop and pray, Lord, I, I believe you've spoken to me about seeing 140 people come to Christ this year. Will you pray with me in that? Will you pray for your friends? Will you pray, Lord, use me, give me opportunities? Where can I serve, Lord? Whether it's on my sofa, whether it's my TV, or whether it's something that seems much more bold out there in the world. God, here I am. Send me. And Lord, we don't want to miss this application. You're the Lord of the harvest. And we're invited to ask of you. Lord, we recognize the helplessness and the needs 
around us. We recognize this prayer today is still urgent. So we come to the Lord of the harvest. We come to the one who has all authority. We come to the one who's in charge. You love Crawley. This is your harvest field. And so we say, God, would you just give us access into people's lives? You're the Lord. You can do it. We don't have to manipulate anything. We just need to walk in your fullness. We just need to align ourselves with your love and your compassion. You're the Lord of the harvest. Would you give us access into people's lives that we would never have imagined? Do you want to pray that right now? Just say yes to God. God, you can open our eyes to see what you're doing. You can lead us to right places in the field. You provoke us, Lord, even as we pray this prayer, that we are part of the answer to that prayer. Lord, even as I'm praying that, thinking of our town, I thank you too for the other churches across the town that are living and sharing the gospel. Oh Lord, what it might be to see thousands of us around the town living in this way, looking and sounding more like Jesus. Thank you so much for giving strong, healthy churches around Crawley. We just honour what they're doing, Lord. We pray this morning you would send each of us back into our streets and our homes and our workplaces. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Just got on my heart as well while we're praying for a moment. Perhaps we'll do more of this tonight as we pray into neighbourhoods and nations. But I don't want to miss this moment. We, we, we thank you too. We're able to pray for the harvest field in places that we're not able to go. We just lift up to you, uh, Hannah and Ben Drew this morning. Lord, in South Asia, Lord, we've sent them. We can't all go there, but they've gone. Lord, we pray, God, make them fruitful workers in that harvest field. Strengthen them. God, give them health and life and strength and hope today. Pray for Dave and Al in Cambodia right now, God, training church planters and leaders. God, we can't go there, but we're invited to pray with you for these workers in the harvest field. Lord, strengthen them in faith this morning. Let them know your presence. Whatever time of the day or night it is, we pray for Joseph and Lily in Zambia and and for Biro and Carlos and Fabiano and others in Brazil. Pray for our friends across Romania and those pastors that are struggling with small churches across Italy. Oh God, workers in the harvest field. God, strengthen them today. Come upon them, open their eyes, give them compassion again, new eyes to see their towns, their lives, their situations. Lord of the harvest. Oh, thank you, God. Yes, yeah, so here and there, Lord, we say, here I am, send me. Why don't you just say that phrase with me? Here I am, send me. Say it again. Here I am, send me. One more time. Here I am, send me. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In neighborhoods and nations. Yeah, as the band begin to play, why don't you just start to come down to the table? We just want to pray for one another. If you want to respond to Jesus for the first time, please let me know. We want to pray with you. If you want prayer for healing, let's get someone to pray for you for healing this morning. Let's get someone around Danny. Lay hands on him. Pray, prophesy. Church, you know the ropes. Don't wait to be asked. Open your eyes. Lord, even in here, who can I minister to? Even in here, who can I help? Who can I serve? What are you saying? What an opportunity to practice what we just preached in the safe place of the family of the church. Let's come to the table. As we eat, we're recognizing this bread represents Jesus' body broken for us, for our sins. As we drink, we're recognizing this is the blood of Jesus. It represents his blood poured out for me. We get to carry his life away in us. Carry Jesus. Come to the table, church. We're, uh, we're not in a rush. If you're still breaking bread, still praying, just keep going. We'll just invite the band just to go a few more minutes. No problem. No rush. If you thought this morning, I, I'm longing for someone to pray with me in my situation, my sickness, just come down and find us. 
grab the person next to you. If you know, I need, I need to start following Jesus. Just let someone know about that. Come and find me. I'd love to pray with you and help you. If you know, I need to get baptized. Just come and let me know. You'll have an opportunity in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing around this room. Thank you. You hear our hearts. Holy Spirit, just keep moving. Keep ministering. Keep shaping us. Keep working in our lives. Oh, thank you, Lord. Keep releasing hope, Lord. You're releasing hope this morning. Release hope. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus.